0: Welcome everybody, this is the Empty Brass Podcast and I'm the host, CJ Boxroot. I wanna quickly take the time to thank you for tuning in and all the support that I've got on this podcast throughout the entire journey, it means the world. If you're new here or if you listen listened to every episode, I'm gonna ask you again to please go leave a review out of five stars and a little snippet on what you like or what could be better down at the bottom. That kind of thing really helps me out more than I can express and it helps me moving forward with analytics. So please, please go do that if you haven't already. I also quickly want to remind you that this podcast is sponsored and is sponsored by No Sweat. And they manufacture products built built to increase performance, safety, hygiene, and anyone who sweats and wears some type of hat, helmet, hard hat, visor, or face shield. No Sweat's patented design and dry lid technology provide a one-way trap door that permanently locks in sweat, moisture, and odor inside its core. While remaining dry to the touch, their mission is to provide innovative products that improve how people play, work, and live. For more, visit www.nosweat.com. Again, that's www.nosweatco.com. We're also sponsored by MAC Defense, who specializes in building duty-grade handguns for the armed professional and responsible armed civilians. They offer a top-tier product at a price point accessible to the working man. Their no-compromise approach mixed with their expert craftsmanship lead to a fine-tube product with a focus on functionality. In an industry inundated with Gucci guns that fall on their face, they strive to build guns that run as good as they look in all conditions. From complete builds to modifying customer-supplied components and guns, they've got you covered. For more, visit www.macdefenseindustries.com. Again, that's www.macdefenseindustries.com. Are you single-handedly saving match directors 50% on pasters? Do you have an untreated case of the Alpha Mikes? Atlas Gunworks can return you to perfect zero. Check out how at atlasgunworks.com forward, forward slash perfect zero. Welcome to part one of the Millspec Mojo episode. I split this episode up into two parts. It was about two hours and 15 minutes long so part one is going to be right around an hour and part two will be right around an hour and 15. Part one is a lot about uh, Millspec's time in the Marine Corps and how he earned his purple heart and us just kind of getting acquainted together. Uh, he is one of the best guys I've ever been around his personality is infectious and it was truly an honor to sit down with him and hang out with him for a little bit Uh, I hope you guys uh, enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it as we are rounding out season two here we've got two more episodes and the season finale and then we'll be on to season three so without further ado here is part one with Mojo. What's going on, everybody? You're on another episode of Empty Brass, and I'm your host, C.J. Boxrud. I'm super honored uh, to have the guest that I do today. Uh, he's a former Marine, current law enforcement officer. Don, you might know him better as Milspec Mojo. spec, thanks for being on with me today.
1: Dude, thank you for having me. It is a pleasure and an honor to be here. It's really <laughs> cool. Seeing seen some awesome people on this podcast, and when you asked me to come out here, I know we, we made a plan to do it in January at SHOT Show, but obviously, you know how Shot Show is. Yeah, Shot Show is a complete chaos. Complete <laughs> disaster with with the the first original strand of COVID. Yeah, to yeah. the current one now, obviously. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm I'm honored to be here. You're up in Washington. Welcome to my neck of the woods, dude.
0: Yeah, dude, it's beautiful up here. And honestly, I'm I'm grateful that it, we waited. Uh, Shot Show can be uh, a bit of a load for me as far as like yeah. a host doing podcast and this time I get a lot more focused energy and yeah, you and, were really busy at <laughs> Yeah, I was, uh, I was tapped out by the time I left. Too. Oh, man. Um, but let, let's start with uh, kind of your beginnings. So uh, mm-hmm. where you where you grew up sort of uh, your path into the Marine Corps and, and kind of your first experiences with shooting.
1: Yeah. So um, started out was, was born in Guam, Filipino. Okay. I was a Navy brat. So like my dad um, worked really hard, got the family out of the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So he joined the Navy at like 22, okay. um, met my mom and then we were, I was conceived, born in Guam. I have an older sister. So okay. we were born in Guam. We moved to Japan, Korea. So I got, was very cultured growing up seeing a bunch of, uh, like living on military bases overseas and seeing how other people, all the other countries, like how Korea was, how Japan was culture was crazy and but it was it was awesome it was a set like i was so young and naive that i didn't know like anything it was but just it, normal was, too. it was normal but it was really cool like being around there being around the korean people the japanese people awesome and then i finally came to the united states my dad was stationed at naval base kits at bremerton here okay. um then we moved to port orchard and i've been in this area since 2004 obviously after the marine corps but um dad was like yeah join the military good for you i'm like yeah. I'm going to do that. So I grew up watching movies like Black Hawk Down, the movie SWAT, and like all this other stuff. I'm like, I know what I want to do. But I'm like, Marine Corps. It like, makes no sense. But I did the Marine Corps thing. Um, parents were not happy about it. It's like the first... Like, the worst thing i ever done was, like, oh, obviously, Filipinos, like, our families are very close, very tight-knit. Yeah. Um, and so, like, they were like, yeah, join the Navy. I'm like, I'm going to do that. I found out I was too dumb to be a corpsman. <laughs> dude, I'm like, bro, like, they, they I failed, like, the pre-ASVAB when I first took it. And yeah. the, the Navy recruiter was like, yeah, dude, you got to try again. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no. Then the Marine Corps recruiter was like, yo, dude. <laughs> what's up, dude? I'm like, oh, what's up, man? So I ended up joining the Marine Corps under the classification of Delta Bravo, communication electrician. okay, um, And when I did that, I had to lie to my parents, like, oh, no, I'm not going to do the Marine Corps, until all of a sudden my recruiter came into the house and was like, hi, yeah. I'm Sergeant Smith. <laughs> I'm we're going like, to ruin your life. Yeah, we're <laughs> here to take your son. And my parents were like, what? You're going to die. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, thanks, Mom and Dad. Jeez. But I did it, and it was one of the, like, I was very sheltered as a child, and I still am to an extent because I'm very close to my parents. Uh-huh. Um, and it was one of those weird things where it was kind of – it was a it was a it was a culture shock. Okay. So finally being separated from my parents, my family, um, that support system was not just easy as like talking to them. Like it was a phone call now, and it was I was away for however long it was. But are you um, 18 years old? Too? I, I was. I think I when I finally went to boot camp, I had just turned 18. Okay. So uh, but the paperwork to get everything started was I was 17. Okay. But so I went to MCRD San Diego. Um, but uh, what is it? Second Battalion, Fox Company, Platoon 2135. Um. Seeing Instructor, going to Cardenas, ah, uh, I still remember all that crap. But um, boot camp was awesome. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't do it again, but it sure. was, it was. Yeah. You know, what, you know how it is. Yeah. Like once, once, it's all, once the dust is settled and it's been a couple of years, you look back on it and like, man, I was the best shape of my life, mm-hmm. running, doing X, Y, and Z, and like being around some freaking hard charging dudes that just wanted to be there as much as you did. Yeah. And it was a, it was a good upbringing, and it really found like a bond of uh, being around like minded individuals, and that mm-hmm. that's carried on now to this day. Like you have a group of dudes that don't know each other, but you have the same goals, the same aspirations, the same drive for success. Yeah. And that, oh man, that that finding those people now, it's like I'm in like a magnet. Yeah. Like I I've been very privileged in my life right now to find those same people in my career field and around, like just in life. Like I have friends that are not cops at all. Sure. But like because they have such a drive for a career success or just goals in their life, man we all gravitate to each other and we just feed off of that. Again, I'm a, you, you surround yourself with positivity, you're going to get positivity. Mm-hmm. And if you surround yourself with negativity, it's going to follow you as well too. And Absolutely. it's a big thing. So I took that away from the Marine Corps and obviously went to freaking uh, MCT Marine Combat Training because I'm not an infantryman. Okay. I was a, a pogue, as they say. So I was a <laughs> calm guy. So all the non-infantry MOSs will go to Marine combat training for a month. They give us a down and dirty what they learn. in okay. their three-month time condensed down to a month. We did that. Then I went to five months at communication school, um, 29 Palms, California. Then I got sent off to 1st Battalion, 2nd Marines over in Camp Lejeune. And I, I remember, like, I looked up online. We were looking at online orders, like, oh, whatever, what's everyone going to get? Um, me and actually, it's funny. He's one of my best friends now. Mm-hmm. We we knew each other growing up, but we didn't know of each other. We, we were always around the same people, around the same time. his Name is Franklin Ong. That dude is a hilarious <laughs> guy. Um, he we followed in similar paths since the Marine Corps. Okay. Um, but we were at like doing paperwork at Comm School. He looks over at my paper, I look at his. It says like Tacoma, Washington. Mine says Port Orchard, Washington. We're like, oh, dude, we're like we're <laughs> right down the road. We're like butt buddies, dude. This is amazing. Like, oh, this is so legit. So, we ended up like sticking it out together and we ended up getting stationed at the same place i wanted the west coast i was like yeah. I i wasn't into guns yet so i was like i don't really like, i want to be closer to my family so i can go if I like a, a four-day weekend i could just fly up to washington for a day or two and then come home
0: was boot camp the first time you shot a gun or had you done it before oh
1: i've shot guns before but nothing like that and
0: when, like, then, when you shot at boot camp was that it, it wasn't anything revelation to you it was just no it was just
1: the- like i because like so my definition of shooting prior to the marine corps was like I had a cheap $35 airsoft vest that I threw on with pouches because I used to play airsoft back in the day. And that was a lot of fun. Like it's taught me movement, you know? Like little things like that. But it was, it's, it's a game. So a lot of people make tactical decisions knowing that it's a game mm-hmm. versus, like, in real life I wouldn't do this because there's a potential of me getting killed or shot and whatever. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, it's, like, obviously, like, you watch paintball, dudes will spread around a corner and go, as fast as they possibly can. Yeah. In real life, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's little things like that. But um, I would go shoot on, like, on the weekends, and I'd see, like, the old uh, frickin' Magpul Dynamics DVDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, back when they came out, and I was just on the range like with my dad because I was old the age. I had my first AR. I'd like do a two shot reload, hit my open hand with the freaking uh, the ping pong paddle, do another two shots at Ball like fri- dude. I know dude, <laughs> at a paper target at three yards, dude. Oh my gosh, that was my kind of stuff. And I did that some stuff there, and like I did some shooting, but it wasn't anything revolutionary. It wasn't anything like what I do now, at least to an extent. And so went to boot camp, and the instructors like, oh you're. Pretty good, dude. I'm like, thank you, sir. I'm yeah. like, this is cool. Thank you. She sucked <laughs> at long range, but when it came to like the table two marksmanship, which is all the close quarters, close in stuff, mm-hmm. oh man, I was I was doing really well. I was very surprised. Um, Were you developing a passion for it at that time, or not really? Not really. Okay. Honestly, it wasn't. It wasn't that big. It same, was same for me, actually. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it's like I I, sh- I was shooting because it was a job, and it was really fun at the time. Yeah. But it wasn't like I'm gonna buy a bunch of guns. I'm gonna get into this stuff. I had a gun at the house. AR-15, dude. Like everyone's got that. My yeah. stag arm, stag 15 16 inch guns that i had with a quad rail on it shout out cheyenne wyoming and (laughs) cheyenne wyoming oh yeah they're yeah (laughs) they're they're over there no kidding yeah (laughs) i forgot about that no and so i was like all right cool and then like i came got to the unit Mm -hmm. and then then i started to like like look into guns and doing whatever i i obviously wasn't old enough to purchase a handgun yet so i was like rifles are kind of cool um i did my research i played a lot of video games so guns have always been intriguing to me um and then came time for Afghanistan in 2014. What what was unit culture like there? Was
0: it a uh, heavy emphasis on training, heavy emphasis on physical? <laughs>
1: it was stature? it was very much on training and talking shit to dudes that were not infantryman because okay. it was an infantry battalion. Okay. So it was first battalion 2nd Marines. It was um the infantrymen that I got to know were amazing, but like if they didn't know you, you were a piece of shit. Yeah. And it was it was it, it kind of killed me cuz there was dudes that I looked up to. Even like even right now in my career field like with, as being a cop. So I worked for the DOD uh previously like for the last like three years i just transferred to a new agency now um working for the dod was essentially just a base cop yeah um it was a federal law enforcement officer zero zero eighty three, 83 working aboard naval base kits at bremerton okay. so i had full le authority doing x y and z but cops that i looked up to mm-hmm. like swat guys that are like i want to be like you want to get old they were talking shit to me like, you're not a real freaking cop i'm like thanks dude yeah and that the, the, I counted the same thing in the military. Like you're not a fucking grunt, dude. Fuck you. Yeah, like,
0: I, I came from the infantry culture, and I, that uh, that's a detriment.
1: That <laughs> I, I understand it to an extent. Me too. I, I I get it. I get it. Because there are some shitty freaking non infantrymen. Like again, so like it was weird, dude. And I because I think I know what you're about to say it's like you know you be in the field for like a month. Yeah. And these dudes are in the rear getting paid as much as you are, yeah. and you're like fuck that guy yeah and i'm with that i agree it's
0: learned from the
1: older guys too right you know like that's passed on to you when you're young that culture yeah that culture and it was weird and i was like man that that freaking i was that hurt me because i'm like dude i look up to you guys like you guys are infantrymen like you guys are like the dude that'll be running towards the sounds of chaos Mm -hmm. and like i wanted to be in with the boys i was like every opportunity there was so so i was a headquarters and service company so i wasn't doing anything cool i was at a radio shop programming radios, learning my ANPRC 152, my 117 Golfs, like the 117 Foxes, the 119 Bravos, the Angras, all these crazy radios, learning to fill them, learning to do the crypto, learning to do everything. And I'm like, this is all really cool. And I'm like, boom, they're teaching us Call for Fire, teaching us Nine Line Medivacs, and I'm like, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. But then they're like, too bad you ain't gonna do any of that shit. I'm like, oh, fucking thanks dude. Like, I appreciate it, whatever. So then, I was like, how do I get on with it? I saw some of the other radio operators come in. They're mm. fucking dirty. Yeah. They're like, they, were sleeve, they have wizard sleeves, so the sleeves are like open. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> they're they're salty. <laughs> yeah. White. They're, their desert cameos are just straight white, like bleached white. I'm like, yo, who are those guys? Yeah. And they're the, the platoon ROs. The platoon ROs would go out in the field with the boys, and they're actually attached to the infantry platoon doing X, Y, Z. I looked at all the my, my leadership. I'm like, how do I get on that? And they're mm. like, you won't. I'm like, well, how? What do you mean? They're like, Kind of send the shit bags over there, yeah. so then we keep the good guys here. So and you're you're decent, so we're gonna keep you here. Yeah. And I'm like, so I just need to be a shit bag. Okay. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, bet. sorry i started to be like being straight up be like a shitbag dude i kept asking every opportunity i didn't i couldn't automatically be like i'm a shitbag now flip the switch right now i just had to keep bugging the crap out of them Mm -hmm. and like be as extra annoying as possible to get brought over to an infantry company or actual actual company and then all of a sudden an opening came up for alpha company and we are gonna send me a i'm like (laughs) <laughs> yes yes this is what i wanted this is cool now i get to run and gun and do cool shit It'd be like the movies like yeah. they made jokes they're like you're a shoot me stick right it was i mean it, it came true on deployment like literally dude you'd have an antenna sticking like 10 feet the 10 foot whip yeah you'd fold as much as you possibly can of it but literally i'm a short dude and it's hilarious because like the antenna is like super tall mm-hmm. so like in on deployment i'd be like walking around the the whip would just be bouncing on the other side of the wall and you would hear rounds impacting my side of the wall
0: are you are you running <laughs> comms for like a a, com, a company commander a platoon? Commander? Uh,
1: usually, usually when we pushed out, I was not the company uh, the company command uh, the company commander's RO. Okay, they usually left that to Teague. Yeah. Uh, I was always with a, an infantry platoon commander, so like a lieutenant. Okay, so I was with him, and or like if whoever's leading the section that or a staff sergeant, like a staff sergeant, would be out there with us, mm-hmm. and so I'll just be his bitch for the whole day. Yeah, so I'd be like, hey, staff sergeant, what do you want? He's like, hey, can you radio X Y and Z and spin up a nine-line IED UXO, because we possibly have IED and get EOD out here. My like, roger that. So I'll spin everything up and do X, Y, and Z and talk on the radio. That's usually what I was doing on deployment. So the, the Army is not smart enough to actually train people for those positions? The actual RTO radio trained
0: operator, an RTO? So I spent a year being an RTO. So oh, I, yeah. I, I know a lot of uh, that life,
1: and there's definitely pros and cons. but yeah, It uh, sucked, because yeah. then it's like you had to carry everything else, like all the batteries, the extra shit that no one else wanted to carry yeah. and then calm would just magically not work when it needed it to work and it was like such a stressful environment
0: you have like seven window licking squad leaders that they can't turn it off or on and they just <laughs> scream at you like
1: fucking fix it and I'm it's like, like oh. i can't fucking <laughs> they're beating the crap out of the radio it's like i can't i can do so much dude like oh my god i have practically have the same training than you mine was just a little bit longer that's probably about it dude they taught us the exact same shit i would literally just be like now don't touch it <laughs> don't touch it and yeah. then you see i literally walk over and like do random shit like pretend like i'm doing something mm-hmm. like oh it's like so we have like did you ever play with the 152s mm-hmm. so you know where the pt ct zero eyes and whatever on the, the tabs yeah. so they try trying to talk on crypto and it's on pt and yeah. like oh yeah let me turn it off real quick i would be like look at it i'm like first problem i see it i'm like okay I'm just turn it off <laughs> pretend like i'm doing something flip it to ct turn it on i'm like Oh, yeah, you just had it like this. And they're like, oh, okay. And then like a couple of minutes down the road, I'm like, hey, staff or, or somebody, I'm like, hey, like Sergeant, Sergeant so-and-so. Yeah, you actually had it to CT. I was just, Fuck with you. He's like, oh, <laughs> shit. And I'm like, so you got to teach them because yeah. the next time it has a problem, they're going to, they're going to continue to learn to come to me mm-hmm. every time they have a problem versus being self-sustainable and fixing it themselves.
0: Were you filling your encryption with uh, like an ANCD? or we you... had we
1: had um, the SKL the simple key loader which is like a touchscreen like iPad looking uh-huh. thing or a CYZ ten okay the old black little like keyboard thingy yeah. that was weird but we had SKLs on deployment like deployment was weird because we had a good gear but it was hand me downs from one like are the the company, so when I got attached to the company mm. like from the get go they were like you're not doing shit like you're gonna sit in a tent all fucking day okay and I'm monitor radios mm. and I'm like okay whatever and came time to deployment. No. Yeah. I wasn't in a tent monitoring radios. Okay. I was on patrols. I was like, crap, this is. Because I always wanted to, every opportunity was a shoot house, a mountain house, do whatever, like operations, like fun with those guys in 29 Palms or whatever. Mm-hmm. I always tried my best to hop on it because that was fun to me. Yeah. Like that was the cool shit. Mm-hmm. Like dismounting with the boys, taking contact, contact left, and all the dudes were all firing blanks at each other. It was super fun. Right. Or like the live fire ranges, like all my boys that have done like range 400, 401 at 29 Palms, like the live fire movement ranges with the, comp- the whole company, mm-hmm. platoon. And we have like league charges, freaking smalls for two forties, everything running around, and we're all trying to clear a defense or clear something. But like, yeah, when we got to like, it was a. Where, where were we at again? You asked a question. I freaking completely. Uh, we're kind of like
0: it. we're getting to the initial stages of the deployment.
1: Oh, okay, so like yeah, we, the workup was weird. Um, I enjoyed it though. Like it was, it was fun. It was just very stressful. I had a very. Did that infantry unit? Did they accept you, or was it kind of hard? It, it, it learned. They 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 ended up like taking me in as like a little child. I remember like, I forgot what his name, staff sergeant, I forgot what his name was, but he was like, you're like the little company mascot, dude. Yeah. I'm like, I yeah. appreciate it, staff sergeant. He's like, the only problem is like, if you get hurt, I see this company getting very internal. Yeah. So I'm like, oh fuck. So I'm like, oh God, and it hit me in the feels a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, damn dude, like it, those are a bunch of good dudes. Like I learned to love every single guy in the company. Like yeah. they were amazing human beings. Except for one. The the company commander was an asshole. I hated him. There's always them. one. Yeah, their <laughs> company commander was like, that That dude, I'm not gonna say his name, but like, this guy straight up would like, harass me at work, and like do some shit that I've never seen an officer do. Hmm. Like, we were on, the one, the one thing I'll give you, so we were in 29 Palms on a battalion clearing operation, so the whole battalion was on this offensive push in like 20, like, we was a training environment. Yeah. And so during the brief, one of the fucking higher i guess it was like a mass it was a mass sergeant it was like an intel guy he's like you will lose calm in this valley Mm -hmm. there's no way for calm to get out because you're in a valley so just push through it and eventually when you get to the clearing in the end you're gonna get comms i knew this because i'm always sitting on the brief listening to everything that's going on during the rock walk whatever as soon as he punched into there the ceo was sitting up in the gunner's turret with no gun he just wanted to watch everybody do their thing i was sitting right beneath him in the passenger seat of the uh of the mat v because i had the verk 110s right next to me so i was like modern radios doing whatever he goes my fucking calm is down Mahilio. i'm like roger that sir i'm like i'm not gonna tell him that <laughs> whatever he knows and he's like do you like your fucking job Mahilio. i'm like i do sir he's like you better fix this fucking comm or i'll fucking demote you to a goddamn pfc i'm like roger that sir and i'm like, I'll fucking smash these radios over your fucking head i'm like roger that sir and i sat there and i just took it yeah. the driver was Hyman. he's looked at me he's like I'm like I don't know there was a lieutenant in the back seat he just sat there and was like am like dude fucking stick up for me but he can't he's a brand new lieutenant he can't yeah. fucking do shit and our other buddy Danny Wynn good buddy of mine he was one of the infantrymen in headquarters but he was a he was a good dude he took care of me Um, he was like the fuck was that about? I'm like, I don't fucking know, and I was stressed to fuck out, dude. I was like freaking out. I'm like, yo, yeah. I wanna lose my rank. Like, what yeah. am I doing I'm not doing anything wrong? Yeah. But I but I had great great leadership within one two and alpha company. Like, did, um, did that
0: experience carry with you and the commander specifically on forward
1: then? Um he never liked me and I never okay. liked him. Okay. Um I, I don't I like he made him not like I again, I don't I could i could make assumptions all day. Sure, we never had sure. a conversation about it, yeah. like he could have not liked my persona, how yeah. happy I was, how giggity I was. He may have hated that, so that's why he was always have to get me or whatever. Sure. I can't blame him, so be it. it I'm, I'm, a, I'm one of those people It's like, you like me or you don't. Yeah. It's like when you meet me, if I'm giggity and all jumpy all over the place, you're going to like me or you're going to fucking hate me from the get-go. It's just it's dependent. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not here to appeal to people. I'm here to appeal for me and my friends, take care of my friends, and however I am, I am. Uh, that's, and, that type of thing, too, in the
0: military, it's not common. It's constant. There's oh, always
1: dude. that type of uh animosity between just
0: people. clashing personalities yeah, yeah
1: dude it's ridiculous and i've i've taken it like especially when shit got hard on deployment mm-hmm. like when shit got tough like people away from their families like my buddy's freaking his mom his dad died when he was gone yeah. it, that, that fucking hit him hard sure. hit a lot of us hard just because yeah. for him it was like it was fucking weird like i don't know i'm going i'm a very emotional dude like i i, yeah. I, I cry over anything I'll Good. hug someone over anything, mm-hmm. and, like, oh, I get it in the feels. I'm like, yeah. oh, shit, dude. Yeah. So when when his parents died, I fucking cried in the corner. Because I'm like, what if my parents die? Yeah. I'm like, fuck. And I, I can't even imagine what the kid was going through. I'm yeah. like, shit, dude. But, like, I found myself taking up kind of, like, a role of, like, the class clown. Okay. So, like, or, like, the motivator. So when shit would be tough, like especially on workups, yeah. I'd be like walking around like an idiot, and be like, hey guys, did you fucking, you suck my dick or something, yeah. and Everyone's like, oh fucking idiot. And I'm like, yeah, I know, dude. Like, come and come and hug me real quick, so I can put my hands on your pants and keep my hands warm, dude. Like, come here, dude. And they're like, oh shit. And so I made dudes laugh all the time, and it was it was good. And like, whenever dudes would like be in in a deep, deep, dark hole, I'd do my best to fill in dirt and have them step on it so they can get themselves out of the hole. Yeah. All the time. And That's what I found myself doing. I kind of took over that role. So no matter how I was feeling. Like I didn't give a shit. I cared about those guys. What's what was your maturity level at this point? You're still oh, very young. I'm 19. Very the same way. I, not much has changed. Okay. I now for me it's like my my maturity level is I guess in, I have more of an understanding of things now. Okay. I know when to be serious. Like I guess back in the day I I didn't know when not to be serious. Yeah. I was always a child, but that's just how I was. Yeah. Like I I again I'm not trying to change it for anybody. True. But now it's like. I have an understanding of what's going on around me. I got like it's weird because I would mask comedy for pain. Sure. So whenever something would hurt me emotionally, yeah. like I'd be fucked up, I'd try to make a joke out of it even though it wasn't fucking funny. Okay. So I I do that now to an extent. Yeah. But I understand what I'm doing.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's so like, all right, cool. There's no need to try to be emotional about this. I'm going to make this laugh so for everybody involved, so everyone feels good about it. Okay. That deal. So yeah, like, and obviously, like, we talked about it earlier, like the Lionheart video. So, like, there was an injury that I sustained on deployment. Um, this was, like, the last bit, like a last big op we did. Let's, so, let's go to it. Uh, let's so start, what, start that day
0: off. What was that day like? What man, was it was... Uh,
1: so, it was actually the day before. It was June 19th, 2014. Summer of Afghanistan. Fucking living the dream. Um, we were doing a big battalion operation. So, it was Alpha Bravo and Charlie Company were pushing outside the wire to go south to do rocket boxes. Or, essentially, an enemy disruption operation. So, we were going to push down south... So that the bad guys would shoot at us and not use the ordinance on the big base. Okay. So just to put the infantry comp- infantry battalion at work. So put us to work. Yeah. So we pushed out, and so I just f- want to confirm something too. You guys are close to going home. Is that right? Oh no, this is halfway through the deployment. Okay. So okay. we weren't we weren't close to home going home okay. yet. Um. So that was this was the third month. So We got there in April, May. Oh, actually. Yeah, two and a half months in deployment, we were this on this big patrol. So it was late, it was late June, so June twenty, uh, June 19th. Okay. So the day before my birthday, my 19th birthday, I think it was. So then we, um, comm was fucked up already from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So the battalion, the company commander was yelling at me. Yeah. Like, I could fix it. Yeah. We had some issues prior to coming up to that, that in, like, this whole thing that I got a lot of people in trouble for and people fucking dying, like, people got mad at me for it. We had radios, like, a bunch of radios that were hand-me-downs from 1-9, mm-hmm. they were there prior some of the radios were being weird. Some this group A radios would talk to only group A, group B would only talk to group B, and they couldn't talk to each other. Some radios it was weird. Were able to talk to each other, so I had to sit up, stay up to like fucking nine in the evening to finagle like, hey, you're gonna have two radios in this vehicle. This vehicle is for company TAC because it could talk to the other vehicle radios. Mm-hmm. This radio is for battalion because it's the only one that could talk to battalion. Don't switch any of the radio nubs. And I was stressing the fuck out. Yeah. And I was trying to go to my comm shop, the S6 at the battalion. I'm like, there's a problem. Yeah. Like, this is not right. There's an issue here mm-hmm. um, with these radios. And I can't effectively like push these guys outside the wire with this communication where there's this, this is much of an issue. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's, you're the fucking problem. So they sent radio texts out to me. They try to fix the issue. It didn't fucking work. So then I'm like, I've exhausted my chain of command. I went through the, uh, to a sergeant who went to a staff sergeant, went to a gunny, sent text down to me. Nothing happened. So I went straight to my fucking first sergeant. Mm. And I literally laid it out in front of him. like, this is the problem that we're running into. Notice how this one could talk to this one, but everything else is on the same frequency and they're not talking to each other. What the, like, there's a problem here. He's like, what the fuck? That's weird. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. something needs to be done. He went straight to a master gunner sergeant. Okay. And then a lot of people got in trouble for it. And then I got fucking like blacklisted from that s shop, but oh, I'm like so they,
0: they put that shit on you, then. And they put that shit on okay. me, so
1: I'm like fucking a, dude. Like, I, and that was already adding stress to this whole thing. Sure, yeah. And I'm like fuck, dude. Like it was, it sucked. But I was like, it needed to be said. Yeah. Because essentially, like, I don't want to push out a, a squad or like a, a team, a bunch of dudes out there, and then all of a sudden they can't talk on a radio. Yeah. Because that's on fucking me.
0: I, I think it's important too. Uh, probably, I would say you know not everybody listens to the show has been deployed before, but I just want to reiterate something, because when you're deployed, it's your entire life. Um, I, a similar situation where I was wearing an IR patch where I wasn't supposed to, and I got in a lot of trouble, and it was devastating to me at the time, because, right, right, right. because that is your life. And so the only reason I'm kind of uh, interjecting here is, like, it may not sound that big of a deal, like, oh, you know, they just, they weren't happy that he got them in trouble. But what you have to understand is, on a deployment, that is your entire world. And when, like, you know, that weight gets put on you, or that reputation hit comes, uh, it's it's pretty catastrophic. It, yeah. It weighs on you quite a bit. Yeah. So, so I just wanted to interview No, yeah, you.
1: absolutely. And then you're absolutely right. Like, I couldn't confidently send guys out there with radios that had my name on it and me be the reason why someone freaking gets hurt or something of the sort. And I was not about that. Absolutely. So I had to say something, and then people didn't like that, and I got in trouble. Now, it is what it is, and we pushed out on the patrol. Com comm wasn't working, whatever. So we pushed out. We ended up getting to our, um, our staging point. Prior to the operation, it was a big—it was cool shit, though. We had a full company of, like, freaking however many MRAPs in a big-ass circle. And then the company was in—the uh, the company, so the CO and the first sergeant had their own MRAPs, whatever. We were in the center hanging out. Yeah. And so I was with 3rd Platoon for this, for this stage of the patrol. Because we'd been on patrols prior to this. Nothing ever happened. So we went on, like—I was on, like— Sixteen, fifteen combat patrols prior to this, he'd hear shots in the distance. Dude, shoot random shit. And no one would ever return fire. We never got into a gunfight before this.
0: So, if, if we're talking June in, in South Afghanistan too, uh, they have they have fighting season. So yeah. they're they're quiet up until. It depends. It can be as late as May, as yeah. late as June, and so you're. But you're coming up right onto like we were coming up in busy season. Yeah,
1: like Charlie Company, like our Charlie Company was the main effort of the de- of the deployment. Mm-hmm. Those guys were getting it every day. Those guys, Trapel Horse, like Charlie Company, one two, mm-hmm. fucking warriors, dude. Even Bravo Company, they were getting it. Okay. Alpha was like the redhead stepchild. No one liked Alpha. I'm like, all right, cool. Neither did I. <laughs> I hate it all. I'm just kidding though. No, but um, those guys were getting some every time. But whenever time we pushed out, we pushed out and dead. It was dry. Nothing. Yeah. So we were like, we'd see things and I'd see explosions in the distance and you'd hear the radio chatter of like, oh, an IED just, or VBID just went off. Like, oh, crazy. Uh, I wish we were over there getting some too. Yeah, and then, you know, we, we talk about it now all the time. We're like, oh, I wish I was in a gunfight today. But now I look back, I'm like, thank God I wasn't in a gunfight. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm good. Like, you know, like I've, I've learned enough from my mistakes and the trauma that follows a lot of the negative stuff. And I, a lot of that, I guess, culture of deployments, of combat deployments, mm-hmm. of dudes getting like into gunfights and like taking lives and doing x y and z like again um totality of circumstances look at it if you take the life of that guy he's you're potentially saving more lives of american americans overseas mm-hmm. like that's one less person that can plan IED on the road one less person that could shoot somebody or whatever but i mean you are taking human life and that doesn't take that's not easy on anybody sure. i don't care who you are like yeah. it's if you take pride in doing it so be it you obviously take pride in are able to articulate why you took pride in it but if you look at it, just for the black and white of it, it took a human life and it doesn't. It's not like, you know, it's not something we, not something we go out there to do. Mm-hmm. We try to do, make a difference. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. But, right. um, yeah, pushing on this patrol, we did X, Y, and Z. Like, we got out there, and I, our lieutenant wasn't going to be on the gun in the evenings. And our, the guy that's Carmen, Lance Corporal Carmen, he's been on the gun all day. They're not going to let him sleep because he's going to be on the gun all day the next day anyway. So it was me, the driver, and another dude that had to cycle. It was We had five hours of sleep and it was like an hour of watch, so I only got like three four hours of sleep that night because then we, it's obviously was like, I'm up, I, I can't just fall back asleep immediately. Right. You know, I'm sitting there, it's hot as crap outside, there's no sun up, and you're in a bivy sack, and you're just trying to like, crap, or like you just lay your vest down and try your best to knock out for a little bit or something like that. It was horrible, but the next morning, we wake up at like seven or eight, or no, seven or six in the morning, we start punching out, completely pitch black dark. As soon as the sun comes out, that's when I finally see the compounds, the kids, the people, everyone. We're in like a, a I forgot exactly. I remember Southern Habiba bad, but we were in like a crazy part of town that did not look like or anywhere we were in before. Cause where we were at more towards like the South, like the more towards the, I guess the West or Southwest of like Leatherneck is desolate land, random fucking compounds. Mm-hmm. This place was like compound after compound trees with compounds, irrigation ditches, collats, freaking waddies, everything. I was like, this is the shit that you see on the YouTube firefight videos. I'm like, oh my god, this is this. Is, we're definitely here right now. And so we got over there, we started doing our thing, and that's when we got the first taste of the kids. The kids would like um, throw rocks at the windows, crack the windshields, so that we couldn't see outside of them, mm-hmm. um, forcing dismounts to come out. And they would try to attempt to fire rockets inside the vehicle yeah. from the back end, doing shit like that. Um, kids were smashing our air filtration system on the front front top of the MRAP. with a little. It's like a black little. Cylindrical box or whatever. Or no, I said a black cylindrical box. That makes no sense. But like a little air conditioning unit thing with a filter in it. Yeah. They were smashing the crap out of it with the rocks and throwing dirt into it. I'm like smart little motherfuckers, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like what the hell? Yeah. And so that was like one of the first times we actually like received contact. Like we were like, all right, cool. We pushed over to a compound, and I my LT was like, hey, get out and punch security. I'm like Roger that. Get out and punch security. And as soon as you're posted security, I was looking over to the left side of the MRAP. I exited the vehicle. Looked over to my, uh, as I was exiting, went to my right, it's the left side of the MRAP, looking at a compound. My rifle was on it, and I was prone. I'm like, oh, that's kind of awkward. Another reason why I don't carry mags, like double-stack mags in my front anymore, because I had double-stack mags it was super high off the ground. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, hell no. Yeah. So I made it slick after that. But I was looking at the compound, and I'm like, oh, there's a f- bird flying, and it can't fly. It was a dude, inside of the compound, the wings of a bird were broken. He was throwing up in the air, and it was falling. he it up in the air, falling apparently that was a thing for like them to tell like hey the americans are here okay. i did not know that yeah well, like that's kind of crazy <laughs> yeah so i was telling my lieutenant i got a guy throwing a bird or it's a bird that's trying to fly and i didn't know there's a person behind it yeah like, there's a bird that's trying to fly in the corner he's like "Oh, right, keep eyes on it all of a sudden round comes up kicks off the ground bounces off the ground hits the hits him hits the amram like i'll get back i pissed myself yeah just straight I pissed myself i was like i had to pee and like I, I, my coworkers and everybody gives me shit because i pee like in an hour, I'll pee like seven times. My brain now says like, "You gotta go, go now, because you may not, re- you may regret it later." Yeah. So now my brain's like, "If you gotta pee, dude, in a little bit, yeah. go <laughs> knock it out, dude." I'm like, all right, cool. So we did that, and that was a whole. That was just crazy because I was trapped in a box in the back of the MRAP. Did, did you hear that rocket first, see uh, it, or, like, did it the,
0: the round. The right it way? wasn't a round. It oh, wasn't a rocket. No, it was no, a, round. a round. Yeah, I was a,
1: I was a round. Mm-hmm. I, all I remember was seeing the dirt skip up in front of my face, mm-hmm. bounce off, hit the MRAP, and I dug my face into the ground. Yeah. So, like, I remember was, like, my first instinct was don't get shot in the face. Mm-hmm. So I dug the, my face into the dirt and put my Kevlar towards the direction I was looking at. But, and was, it was,
0: like, a, it was an instant confirmation, like, I just got shot at, or... Yeah, or I was like,
1: oh, my God! <laughs> like, yeah. Let it go. Like, yeah. It was funny, because I got back in the vehicle, and we're like, dude, is that piss? I'm like, oh, yeah, dude. I'm like, oh, man, I'm covered in it. Because, like, I don't know about you guys, we had, like, little Kevlar-lined underwear. Mm-hmm. So you had to wear the underwear, you had to wear your frog, or your, your pants, and after that, the little blast diaper. Yeah. Yeah, I was all covered they, in piss. Those
0: underwear were cry underwear. They were uh, the frag shorts what yeah i got a pair in here we'll check them out later oh my gosh <laughs> i haven't seen those in a minute dude
1: mine smelled like shit yeah they're terrible oh they dude are. i know they're they're really way too warm for afghanistan yeah. today, ridiculous so i was like oh my gosh but no we we had that happen and i was like oh my god wake up call mm-hmm. after that uh the gunners started to see shit and we were starting to engage targets okay. um dudes running from left to right Dudes that were popping out of corners with rifles, and they, they, the, the 240 gunners were just having at it. And you're, you're back in the truck. Now. I'm in the back of the truck. Literally, like, yes. my eyes, like, so I had two Verk 110s, which are, like, Amplified 152s on the mounts. So yes. I had two handsets, okay. one in each ear, looking out the freaking window mm-hmm. and trying to call out targets, or just seeing what I could see, helping this guy out. Car- Lance Corporal Carmen was on an automated 240, so he's on the automated 240, but it was, like, the... I know when I say it automated it's like a little joystick that could rotate left and right the versus cross, like the, the standard system yeah. no no it wasn't a crow system it wasn't a crow. no so he wasn't in the vehicle with a camera okay so okay. like so the reason so the Marine Corps member, a little bit broke dick boys <laughs> in the Marine Corps right so like dude <laughs> no, so some of the MRAPs the automated system was broken so you had to winch everything. Okay. okay. Right? So you had the winch. So by what I mean by my, I'm sorry, I'm not as privileged as you <laughs> army folk, dude. So like they had they actually had the joystick that was working. Okay. That could rotate the gun for you. Okay. And you. so you'd still be on the gun. Yeah. Not some crow system so <laughs> so we were are hanging out in the vehicle looking at like a video game and shooting. What are you what are you doing, dude? Come on, bro. Marine Corps, dude. I still think the state Marine Corps don't have crows. Probably. Crows not. They no. still have 203s. It, yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> wait, you guys don't either? 320s. 320? I hate you, dude. Oh my God. I had a 320 in 2013. What? Yeah. Dude, we're still, dude, our boys are. Dude, when I deployed, I had an M16A4 with an A cog and then an, a Magpul stubby grip that I have so far out to the front of the gun that I barely could reach it, but it looked cool up there. My PEC fifth, my pec sixteen yeah. was right next to the a two, uh, next to a two, the a two post under the front, to the point where I barely could even reach that laser. Yeah, and I'm like, yo, dude, I got short arm. they gave the shortest guy yeah. in the damn company an M16. I'm like, I hate all of you. And I'm like, what is this? When we came back from deployment that's when they finally gave everyone in the infantry battalion an m4 okay and i'm like i hate all of you <laughs> we come back from afghanistan then we get all this stuff Like, where was this before we went dude like what the hell you no know, it was ridiculous and i'm like yo dude like i my m16 was ridiculous but i shot really well with it i love that thing like the uh the I guess, rifle length gas system now that i know what it is like a 20 inch barrel or 18 or 20 inch barrel like that thing shot smooth i remember shooting the qualifications after i got into shooting yeah and like dude i was tracking that gun flat yeah. And I, I preferred that over an M16 or an, or over an M4 in general. I've seen you post pictures of it. And for the environment in Afghanistan, it might truly be a better platform. On, yeah, honestly, I, I never, like, on deployment, I never had a stoppage. Yeah. Never. Never mm-hmm. had a single issue. Um, and that thing performed flawlessly when I needed it. Mm-hmm. And even on the, before we bzo be there once a month, it was amazing. Okay. But, you know, we 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 started doing a bunch of stuff in, like, that was a tiring first day. The kids, the, the gunfights and all that crazy stuff. That was a tiring first day. So uh,
0: you're, you're in the truck. You're calling targets for them. Oh, it's, it's the ten- second day. Sorry, it's the second day. Yeah, it is, uh, so the second day. So yeah. you're, you're calling targets for them. How did that kind of uh, wrap up that
1: day then? Um, in terms of what do you mean? Uh, oh, so like, it was, I, I, so we, after that, like, it, it died down, and we were looking for a place to hunker down for that okay, okay. So like, we, would, we parked in like a diamond formation Vic 1, make a triangle with Vic 2, mm-hmm. and they close the bottom of the triangle with Vic 3 and 4. And so we would sleep in the center. So we were going to bed down for the night, and the kids found us. Okay. So the kids started surrounding the vehicles and throwing rocks. So we okay. drove in for another hour and found another spot to bed down. Okay. And it was we were with 3-1 uh, or 3-2. We were in 3rd platoon, 1st section. Yeah. So I had Lieutenant Nacarado. I had the battalion gunner. So he was a warrant officer in my vehicle. Um, with a bunch of other dudes. Uh, we had two scout snipers, Army scout snipers that were in the 3rd vehicle. Uh, Corporal Breslin, Sergeant Hatch, I think they were. Um and they were in another vehicle and so we were like all right we found a place to bed down we're gonna sleep so I stayed on the gun for a little bit and um I would I would hang out on the gun at, in the evenings like I I had to do two watches that night I remember that I did two watches that night because all the other dudes were working hard I, I I bitched about it at the time but I realistically speaking like I was not doing the work that the two forty gunners were doing on top those guys were on standing up on the gun all freaking day okay. so I'm like though they earned it to be able to sleep at night and I'm like uh, at the time I was bitching I'm like fuck this is bullshit but I'm like no i i much i'm glad that i that was on there versus them because they, they needed the rest um and so the next morning it was about six or seven in the morning their time and they were like oh yeah mojo happy birthday i'm like fuck you they're like ha ah, bitch you're an afghanistan every your birthday i'm like fuck all of you dude like i hate all of you so no mojo right so the name um people couldn't pronounce my name for, like, the longest time. Mm-hmm. They'd say Magilo, Mahio, uh Magilio, Mangina. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Mangina was a big one. I'm like, dude, I fucking respect it. Yeah. My company commander gave me that one. Like, I didn't like Mangina. Yeah, well, now, I mean,
0: like, me try and pronounce it and look stupid or call you a name, I'm going with I'm the... going with the name, dude. <laughs> like, whatever.
1: And I was like, they're like, I was like, it's Mahilio. They're like, I don't understand. There's, like... doesn't make any sense I'm like it's my fucking name I say it how I fucking want okay my mom told me to say it like this so I'm fucking saying it it's Mahilio M-A-J-I-L-L-O Mahilio and they're like that still makes shut the fuck up (laughs) so like it's not English it's not yeah dude it's like fucking Spanish and like Tagalog and stuff like that no so like we were once in a the company cooperation at the COC and like hanging out over there and I got fucking pissed about something I forgot I got really angry about something and uh, this is the third day then no no this oh. is this is beforehand okay this okay. is where the mojo the, I, the, touching into the nickname okay okay so this is like I'm, I'm backtracking now but like so i got mad about something and one of the sergeants was like fucking mojo jojo that angry ass monkey from the fucking powerpuff girl you short ass motherfucker always getting angry all the time I'm like wow i'm like sitting there like jeez hurtful words and all of a sudden like it stuck okay cool. mojo stuck and that's where it literally the, the name came from yeah. So it came from the Powerpuff Girls. Essentially. Okay, <laughs> so you could say yeah, I am the the yellow Powerpuff Girl. <laughs> so like, who knew it was your birthday? Uh, everyone did. So, okay, I, I didn't mean, tell anybody.
0: Yeah, I mean that's it's. I would say that's m- not quite common, I guess. I mean, yeah, like, they, they were like
1: they were like. Happy. I I think, I may have said it like a month prior or something. Okay. Like that. My birthday is on the twentieth of June, dude, yeah. or whatever. So I may have said something to somebody a while back ago, but mm. I don't remember reminding them during like, hey guys, way it's my birthday, and I'm like oh. I, I didn't. That wasn't a priority. Like, another you know, disclaimer to people that
0: haven't deployed, uh, your birthday on a deployment is not a good thing. No. It's, it's not going to mean fun for you yeah. that,
1: that entire day. <laughs> yeah, they're going to fuck with you all <laughs> yeah. day. Dude. Even promotions on deployment? Yeah. Oh, God bless, cool. dude. Oh, man, I picked up corporal on deployment? God bless America. <laughs> like, dude, I got... We're we'll leave that out of it. No, no, no hazing. Hazing didn't happen. Never. Are you kidding me? No, so, like, yeah, like the dudes uh, were wishing me happy birthday. And like, oh, it's your birthday? I'm like... Uh, yes, sir. Like, happy fucking birthday, dude. Does it feel to like be in Afghanistan? I'm like, very patriotic, <laughs> but fuck this shit. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, dude, sucks to suck. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, I remember like, I was sitting on the radios, listening to the comms, like both handsets were like, I looped them into my Kevlar and I was using like MRE spoons to keep the fucking clips going. Mm-hmm. So I had like, I t- broke enough MRE spoons attached it to the back of the handset, spun them around and clipped them on and they were all sitting on my ears and stuff. So I was sitting there, I'm like, damn, this fucking, fucking sucks. So I was sitting there, I remember dozing off, I'm like, fuck nothing when I was talking yet. We were waiting for a company to, or a, one of the one of the sections to be done refueling. Motor T brought in like a freaking a vehicle to fuel up all the MRAPs. Mm-hmm. So we were waiting for our turn to go over there and like refuel and stuff. So we're just waiting. All of a sudden, I was like dozing off again. Or waking up again. I'm like, okay. All of a sudden, I heard the 240 start lighting it off. Okay. Start ripping rounds. Uh 240 started ripping rounds. And then I'm like, I looked at my LT, I'm like fuck's going on he's like i don't know i'm like i'm getting out so i open the door mm-hmm. i open the right door and when i open the right door uh like uh, what is it so i open the right door we look at there's a fucking car driving us and it's cool as shit to an extent because it was cool only because i've never seen like a 240 like the rounds like, 760 impact a car yeah so i watched all around are we talking like
0: one of those white hatchback
1: yeah a white corolla like an old piece of shit corolla what about so we were in vic 2 so we were on the top left and then vic 3 and 4 were on the bottom to close the diamond okay so the vehicle was pinching towards the bottom of the diamond okay we were on off of roads so too much to the point where it's like if a vehicle is driving at us it's intentional yeah. So we were that far off the road.
0: I just kind of want to feel the setting too. What time of day are we talking? In the morning. Okay. So like
1: sun was just like the sun is coming out. The sun was like up in the air. Okay. It's just get it's getting hot now. Um, I was like half asleep, half awake.
0: After after kind of having a, a reputation hit, being a little bit exhausted, so, yeah. uh, just trying to set the scene a little bit. So you're, yeah. you're not uh. You're not sharp. I guess that's the best. Way no, to it. I don't think. I, I I can't speak
1: to the other guys. I wasn't.
0: Well, and that's that's not uncommon on deployment. I mean, no. that's a, that's a normal operation uh, sort of.
1: Yeah, because if you again, it was like weird because we didn't. The guys never saw like combat until like the day prior. Okay. And for yeah. and we've been there for two months already. It's right. Complacency.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Compl-
1: yeah. Hundred percent happens. It's no excuse for it, but it it's just something that happened mm-hmm. and we can't take it back now. Um, but yeah, like all of a sudden the, the, the gun started going off. I heard a 240 and then all, all I hear was like, fucking tell him to control his fucking his bursts. He's just like a long, long burst mm-hmm. and it was Lance Corporal. He ended up getting the bronze star for this. He saved everybody. Like he straight up, um. Uh yeah, he got everybody home. Like he yeah. was the reason why none of us died. Yeah. So uh, that guy is a fucking badass. He was quite a shit, country bumpkin boy. Yeah. But he was a he was a machine gunner. He was an 0311. He wasn't I no mean, was, sorry, he was a rifleman. He wasn't a machine gunner. Okay. But he was on the two forty that day. I'm glad he was. Yeah. <laughs> he was on a shit. He was yeah. definitely on a shit. So um he he took a long burst into the vehicle mm-hmm. and me being like, I wanna get some too. I opened mm-hmm. the door. Yeah. I'm a fucking idiot. So then as soon as the door came open, Two of the guys that were in the back of the vehicle wanted to come out with me. I saw the car. They didn't see it. I tried to like shove our way back in. Mm-hmm. Nah, didn't work. I was stuck in between the door. So like half my body was like like so like the Mrap door like opens up, like say opens up this way. Mm-hmm. I was like halfway in the door, halfway out. okay, And I'm like, oh shit, try to fight back while the guys are trying to come out. yeah, so the the explosion went off. and it was we were in I was inside like it was crazy because literally all the dirt went from being on the ground to like, in the air.
0: Yeah,
1: and I my ear my right ear was nothing. I didn't hear a single thing, and my left ear was in a lot of fucking pain. Okay, and so uh, my helmet wasn't even clipped on. Mm-hmm. Helmet flew off my head. I smashed my head on the uh, back of I like guess a uh the G Boss camera like a like a screen. Like, do you remember the G Boss screens that are in the MRAPS? So, uh, to, to be fair, everything in an MRAP hurts. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot of heavy metal, dude. Nothing soft Look, in there. Fucking a, dude. So like. <laughs> Um, my back of my head smashed that. And surprisingly, I didn't know bleeding. Okay. It, it But it cracked the fucking screen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy shit. And then I come back and I'm like, Elaine on top of everybody. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. And I look back at, uh, Lance, the Corporal Harvey, he's a fucking badass. And then Gunner, Gunner Vickers was a badass too. And they were like, what the fuck just happened? I'm like, I have no idea. Like what the fuck? I'm like I what the fuck? We're, and see, keep in mind we're not talking to each other. Right. We're just talking because none of us can hear a single thing.
0: And so uh, describe for me kind of like your mental state at the moment. Are you pretty? Are you pretty conscious and cognizant of what just
1: happened? I'm conscious and I'm fucking scared. Okay.
0: Yeah. And and
1: you're still trying to like piece
0: the puzzle together. Yeah. A I have no idea what happened. Okay. Like
1: I was like, oh my god, I, I thought we got hit by an RPG. Okay. But. I didn't. I wasn't smart enough to put two together. That was a V bid. Yeah, six hundred. So like the EOD guys came on scene a couple hours later, and they were like six hundred pounds of explosives, and that was like fifteen feet away from us. Okay. So that was a very large explosion. And I was surprised we didn't die. Sure. No one died. People got fucked up, but yeah. no one died. So who was the first person that?
0: I'm sure someone came to the truck fairly quickly.
1: Uh no uh, no one no, no one was literally everyone stumbled out of the trucks. Okay. Um a small gunfight ensued. Um we ended up. Apparently, there were dudes moving up on us when it was a coordinated attack. Apparently, people were moving up on the position. So, um, I remember I was crying. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing good. Yeah. yeah. So But I was are you,
0: cognizant. Are you crying because you're emotional
1: or because of the pain? or what? Or uh, pain. Okay. I was like, I'm fucking hurting, dude. I'm like, I want to shoot the next motherfucker I see. I remember James. Big old black dude. I forgot where he was from, dude. I miss James. That was a, he was a big-ass teddy bear. Every time he saw me, he gave me a big-ass fucking hug. <laughs> and he was an infantryman. He was a rifleman with a saw. Okay. So he was like, I'm going to help deploy the stretcher, take my fucking saw oriented to the south. I'm like, got it. So I pulled the saw, pulled safe push, and I hung out with it. Yeah. And I waited, and I started getting angry. I'm like, I'm going to shoot the next motherfucker that comes out of the walls. Because we were near some compounds, and if I was expecting someone to come out. I was going to lay him with a burst. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to. So I'm like, oh, shit. But there was a whole course of events that happened in between that. Like there was a – dudes were throwing them – I have never saw a human being – Eat them literally. Eat themselves off the top of an M-rap. Mm-hmm. I saw like dudes like from the driver's side door. They literally threw themselves out of the door. I saw dudes hop out from the gunner seat and throw themselves off the top of the M-rap to the ground.
0: And, and all these dudes are basically in the flight of fight or flight. They're just trying to get the fuck away yeah. from. Yeah, like okay.
1: the, the vehicle was fucked. Um, the the rear of the vehicles were not good. And it lifted literally went like up and back down. So like the vehicle and the temp the vehicle did. Try to wedge itself between the two bottom portions of the car, like so. The the car that came in with the V bid, mm-hmm. it tried to wedge itself under underneath the both M wraps to flip them over. Okay, that's what I think the intent was. Sure, but uh, land by shooting the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, freaking, he only got like a couple feet away from the M wraps. He wasn't able to wedge himself directly underneath it. And, and so, I think he
0: detonated it. Then
1: I think it was a. I don't know if it was a command switch or a freaking dead man switch. Okay, but. Then it went off. Okay. I remember the dude who had a red shemag wrapped around his face. Okay. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that whole thing went down, and, like, I remember, like, I was in a lot of pain. And then uh, we gave aid to a bunch of the dudes that needed it. Our uh, Corporal Butler took a piece of shrapnel in the mouth, Oof. and then he took a shrap- piece of shrapnel in the foot. I remember he was sitting up against a tire, and, um, yeah, he was sitting up against a tire, and he was like... Mm, i'm like I'm like you're all right, dude And he's like uh i'm like you look like a, you look like you're pain dude <laughs> and he goes uh, i'm like yeah, i'm gonna just stop talking to me dude just don't even make noises i'm just gonna sit here dude and he goes uh, i'm like i said stop making noises I was, I was, something along the lines of that but it was funny um he messaged me a couple like a year or two ago and he's like i remember i never remember i never forget the day that you were in front of me when this happened i'm like dude that wasn't funny he's like I, he's like i appreciate it i'm like you're welcome like thank you for being there for me too. Yeah. And it was um is your pain is your pain fading throughout this? Is it getting worse? Um, as you can tell, like every time I talk about it, I get a little bit emotional. Yeah. yeah. This is a sucky day, man. Sure. Like, yeah. um, it 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 sucked for a lot of us. And again, it was a shell shock for me. Like the first thing I thought about was my parents. Mm-hmm. I'm like damn, dude, I wish I'd have spent more time with them because like I could have died, dude. Yeah. Like, I don't. I'm not even married. I don't have a girlfriend. Like, yeah. what, what the what the fuck am I doing? I'm yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit. But. Yeah, it was it a was interesting time. Like, it was very... It was an eye-opener, to true. say the least. And um, fighting through that pain was weird. Over the years now, it's gotten easier to talk about, depending on what, what, the context. Like, if we're being, like, serious, mm-hmm. and like, I start talking about it, yeah. but if we're making jokes about it, I'm like, yeah, dude, fucking yeah. got blown the fuck off on my 20th birthday, then <laughs> it's funny. It's okay. Yeah. It's all about the tone in which I tell the story, technically, for me, and my body will read it that way. But immediately after that america's fucking firepower came into effect dude i had uh two aircraft overhead it was a, a corsair 56 never gonna forget the call sign it was a huey and cobra gunship mix they did a holding pattern and they started shooting at things <laughs> i'm like fuck yes and then my my the antennas from the vehicles got chopped off by the shrapnel okay. so some of the vehicles weren't working for com wise so i had to get a handheld turn it on go to my one my verk 110 and my idiot self for not prepping the gear i had to turn on the verk 110 that was working but the antennas were fucked get the dagger time remember getting the dagger time mm-hmm. for a uh, single channel uh, single channel fucking frequency hopping or yeah. frequency hopping cypher text, whatever so i had to get the the dagger time on it get onto the air net and be like corsair 56 is animal 32 corsair 56 animal 32 conduct a holding pattern directly to our west whatever started talking on the radio mm-hmm. and they're like roger we got you guys so i was like <laughs> oh thank god
0: are you uh, still uh no hearing in the Uh, my
1: left ear was good. My okay. left ear could hear, but it was a lot of pain. My right ear was the one that was completely kaput.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. So the left ear was just in a lot of fucking pain. So at this point, I was just uh, talking to them, volume was turned all the way up, trying to listen to it, and then um my LT called in the nine line because at first he's like, "Can you call in the line? I'm like, "I can't hear shit." He's yeah. like, <laughs> "But obviously I heard him say it." But he's like, "I got it." So LT fucking took that like a champ. LT, it was a I think this is his first deployment. Okay. It was just like most of ours too, but he he was Lieutenant Nicaragua was a badass. I think he's a captain now. Um but How
0: many how many dudes did you put on the bird? Uh I think there was five, four, five or
1: five or six. And you didn't go on? I didn't go on the bird. Okay. Oh, I, there was dudes hurt than me hurt worse than me that wanted to stay. Yeah. And so I'm like I'm staying with them. And he, so the, it was the really Brits Dustoff. Remember Dustoff? Yeah, yeah. Dustoff gaming guys. They were very good. Yeah, they were yeah. F- praise them. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Do you, do you even really realize that you're hurt at this point, or do you just think your ears fucked up? I just think my ears fucked up.
1: Okay. And I'm like, whatever. So, like, during the course of this, like, I was, after the initial initial blast, like, I was like, the fuck, looking at my hands. It was like, I felt, so it felt like someone took a buttstock of a rifle and hit me in the nose with it. Okay. That's what it felt like. And I'm like, holy shit. So, my nose felt all weird. My forehead felt like a lot of pressure. Um, I felt very dizzy. Uh, I felt very tired all of a sudden. Okay. Um, my ears, my, turns out I ruptured both eardrums. So when the, when the corpsman looked at us, when we got back, the corpsman said that, imagine your eardrum's like a cookie. Mm-hmm. Imagine someone taking a bite out of two thirds of the cookie. Yeah. So your eardrum's gone. I'm like, oh shit. Not here though. Yeah. Like it's weird that it healed over time, I guess. My left one, he said, someone took a tiny bite of the cookie. I'm like, uh, oh, th- okay. Like a little puppy bite. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. So it wasn't that bad. Cause I, from what I'm understanding is like, cause of the doors right here, right side was exposed, left side wasn't. Okay. But literally, it was it was a man, was a fucking huge explosion. God damn, that was a that was a big boy, dude. <laughs> like, you um, said it like p-
0: it kind of pushed you back into the truck? Or yeah, like I think you? I
1: think I don't think I've ever seen an explosion actually physically push somebody. Yeah. I, I I always say like it pushed me back because I think I literally went like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I shoved my way back into the vehicle. Yeah. That's what I that's what I think happened. Okay. Um. That that day is kind of it's not blurry. I remember the details, but sure. like yeah. it's it's funny because the little details like what you just asked me, it's like. I don't remember what exactly. Did I push? Like, yeah. did I instinctively push? Did I not push? Like, what? What? A, what? The, what the we're talking day, about
0: like halves of a second or quarters of a second time frames too. You know, it's and it's yeah. uh, it's disorienting. So it's in some ways it's it's not always even possible to sort of recant that kind of thing. No. Uh, how, so walking through kind of how it finished up then. Or so
1: um, when soon uh, American firepower, dude, like yeah. helicopters came on scene. And I watched the rest of the alpha company create a large perimeter around us. Okay. And it was motivating as shit. Because, yeah. like, as soon as we got hurt, we are like, run away. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone came. I was like, yeah. I love you guys. Like, mm-hmm. god damn, I love you guys. And so. So I, I just, I kind of want to jump in here. Do you ever,
0: um, now that in law enforcement, I know I'm skipping ahead a little Oh, you're good. Bit, you're good. Go ahead. But when you guys kind of have that same reaction to somebody that needs help, does it bring you back? It does. Okay.
1: I want to get there as fast as possible. Like, Yeah. yeah. I gotta, I gotta get to my friends. That's what I always yeah. said. Like, yeah, you know, it's like, looking at it now that I'm older, it's like, as someone's dad, yeah, someone's wife, someone's kid. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's whether it's like, and I guess this is a fault because a lot of the times in Le now, like, you have to like, sit back, take a deep breath, mm-hmm. analyze the call you're going to, mm-hmm. and respond in the best and most efficient way, and that provides safety for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. But emotionally, I'm like. Oh, someone's getting beat the fuck up. Mm-hmm. What if that's my mom? Yeah. That's someone's dad. Yeah. Something. I want to go. Yeah. I want to make sure that they're okay. All right. So, but it's not the smartest thing, but I, I always think back to that. Okay. Like those guys were there for us when we needed it. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to do the same freaking thing. Mm-hmm. Like, no, but so they came and then I remember like Massart Clark, or actually I think it was Gunny Clark at the time. He came out, he was like, Mojo, I'm like Gunny, he's like, you okay? <laughs> I'm like. I'm hurt. <laughs> and he goes, he smiled. He never, he was an old drill instructor okay. and he was a badass. Like this fucking dude went to the Brit. he went to the British Royal Marines and did the drill instructor training program. So we got one of their drill instructors and he went over there. So that motherfucker could run, he could PT and he was, his, his voice was so raspy from being in the drill field for so long yeah. that he could never fucking talk. <laughs> so he would he always talk like this. That's like, what his voice sounded like. I'm yeah. like, holy shit. <laughs> and so he never smiled at me okay but then when i was there he looked at me he was like you'll be okay buddy and yeah. he fucking patted me on the head i was like gunny oh gunny <laughs> thanks but we uh that's where i had my first cigarette okay for for the whole like work up everything guys try to get me to smoke wouldn't touch a cigarette yeah um but after that doc gannon was treating me for what my injuries were at the time. So I when I fell back and the glass shattered, my hands got cut by the glass. Um, And then obviously his doc was like, do not fucking fall asleep. Yeah. So I was bleeding from every internal extremity from my head was weird. So like I spit into my hand blood. I was like, where the fuck is that from? Nose, both my nostrils touched them. Blood, both ears, blood, Wow, that's yeah. incredible. I'm like, what the fuck? Like this is I've never seen that before. Yeah. Cuz I'm like, I'm not bleeding from the nose. I'm like I'm not I don't have a nosebleed how it normally feels. But like I was digging in there and I'm like, yo, what the I got blood coming out from everywhere. Mm-hmm. But then my hands were also covered in blood too. So I felt my hands with my blood. I'm like whatever. I use my pinkies again and the blood is coming out of my extremities. And, and I guess you consider them extremities. So, uh Gunny saw that too and he was like uh Motor T, te- we have a uh, there's a convoy in- there was a convoy en route to us to come escort us back to Leatherneck, okay. Um, and so we were waiting on them. So we literally—is this your QRF, basically? Essentially, our our whole company was outside the wire. Okay. So I think we we're waiting for Motor T to come out. Motor T was going to come out with a, on a convoy and come get us in, and this big seven tons, the big armadillo seven tons. They were going to come pick us up in that. Okay. So we hung out there, um, and I smoked my first cigarette. We were just freaking chilling, doing our thing over there, and like we hung out uh, underneath the the crater of the explosion. We just hung out and like we slept inside the hole. Wow. Or not slept, sorry. We laid down in the hole because Doc was like, don't fall asleep. I'm like, yeah. yeah. shit. <laughs> He's like, don't fucking sleep. I'm like, okay, <laughs> roger that, Doc. So yeah, that was all said and done. We finally got back to Camp Leatherneck, and then BAS was closed. Italian Aid Station was closed. Mm. So we had to come back. We had to go to our racks. And I remember like sitting in my bed and I was fucking crying.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like that was a long day. Yeah. A very long day. And I'm like, oh shit, that's, that fucking sucked. When you,
0: when you were sitting on your bed reflecting, what's going through your head?
1: Uh, my parents, my family okay family and friends yeah i was like oh shit so i remember i was like all right cool and prior to this i tried to take a shower so okay. i went to go in the shower as soon as water touched my ears and went into like in like as soon as the water touched my body i just remember feeling pain okay i don't know if it was like it was weird but the water got into my ears and it was hurtful i couldn't pop my eardrums yeah. my eardrums didn't pop till like seven months later Okay. It was fucking weird, dude. Yeah. When they finally popped, my buddy Frank lives with me. We were driving around North Carolina. I was like, My ears popped. He's like, The fuck are you cheering about? <laughs> I'm, like, ah, I'm like, It's weird. But yeah, we next day went to the Battalion aid station and they're like, Oh, fuck, you got some damage inside your shit. Like, Are you okay? I'm like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I feel fine. He's like, All right. Like, Well, do you have bleeding from both your ears, your nose, and your mouth? I looked into my throat, saw a bunch of like cuts and shit. I don't know where it was from, whatever the fuck, but I was in a lot of pain at the time. And like, it's annoying, and you know this as well as I do, and anyone in any kind of, like, organization where there's leadership involved. So, Brigadier General Yu wanted to come and talk to us after we got hurt. So we, we had to take time out of our day to get fucking nice, clean camis, <laughs> nice, clean boots, yeah. clean our fucking weapons, sit at the battalion, at the COC, uh, and for this for the Brigadier General to come out with his entourage to fucking... Get pictures taken with us. I'm like, fuck you. If you want to be a dude, just come here and talk to us. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you want to be one of one of the boys, like one of the one of you want to be the leader's leader, like, come and just talk to us. Like, yeah. if you you as leadership knows that our leaders are going to be like, we need to put a dog and pony show on. New new, new camis, new everything. You need to clean your weapons. Just, well, you would just want to hang out. We don't want to do any of that. We just got went through some shit. Yeah. We just want to chill. So yeah. we had to put on a dog and fucking pony show to my buddies collapse while you're we standing, standing at attention talking to them. So two, one, uh, uh, Lance Corporal Carmen fucking collapsed and ate shit. And then uh, Cardoso, uh, Lance Corporal Cardoso also was fucking fell and ate shit because they had some fucked up shit in their brain. After they got hit by the explosion.
0: So I'm going to I'm gonna kind of make an assumption here. Does this particular event uh, sort of dictate whether you're going to re-enlist or go about your separate ways?
1: Not the event, but the deployment.
0: Okay, but th- this event is a, it's a part of that?
1: I, I guess to an extent, because, like, they gave us a high. Yeah. That combat deployment was the high. Yeah. And it was, like, everyone's dream at the time was to go to Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was in first grade when the towers fell. Yeah. I was a child in Korea. Right. So, like, the fact that this went on long enough for me to go out and affect the change on mm-hmm. the ground where some of the shits fucking started, mm-hmm. that was an honor and a privilege for me. Yeah. Like, to be able to go over there and, like, do all the shit. I'm like, dude, that's, like, motivating as fuck. Yeah. So, and, you know, when I came back, when everything was said and done, the deployments were a UDP, like, mm-hmm. to go float on a boat. Yep. To go on a, ME, uh, to a Marine Expeditionary Union to go float on a boat again. To essentially... Take the infantry battalion, which goes to the field on the weekends and do whatever. They go to the field away from their families all the fucking time to do training. Yeah. They're literally dropping us into another country to do the exact same fucking shit. Yeah. To do training, to do field ops, to do more training and training. It's like, you're taking us, you were spending X amount of thousands of dollars to do that. I get it. Oh, sorry, I get it. It's like a force readiness thing. Mm-hmm. So we want to be overseas in Okinawa and Korea and Japan to be like a force in readiness, whatever. But realistically speaking, dude... Fucking pointless. And I'm like, right. I'm not. I didn't join to do trading events across the United States. I joined for Afghan. Yeah, it's the Super Bowl, man. We're not. We're yes, it's the Super Bowl. Yeah. It really is. And you don't like, play in the NFL to play in preseason. You, know? you don't. Yeah. And that's 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 a great one. Like so it's like, yeah. So after that, I was like, I'm getting out. I don't. Yeah. It was it was toxic for me. A lot of the shit talking. A lot of the you're a fucking pogue. Fuck you. box, um, box check. This yeah, way. that stuff. I, I got the box check and like. Um, got some cool ribbons out of it. Got the purple yeah. heart. Got the combat action ribbon for certain things and whatever. Something's like when you
0: got that purple heart, was it? A, did I didn't you enjoy want
1: it. that. Okay, I got a paper scratch. I got a yeah. paper cut. There are dudes that have gotten hurt worse than me and that haven't gotten it. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I just laugh whenever I
0: hear that because every purple heart uh, recipient <laughs> always says that. It's like, it, you know, dudes missing legs. They're like, well, you know, there's somebody that had it. You know, worse than me. It's you're
1: like, you're right yeah, on that, a-. but it's like literally, I have. Like, you look at me and look, there's nothing wrong. I mean, mentally, sure, and stuff in the inside, sure. But, like, I didn't get shot. I didn't get, like, fucking... I didn't take shrapnel to the knee. That concussion
0: could last. I mean, it could have a... a it, potentially it could it could last longer than some even more catastrophic injuries. It, it,
1: it, it, it's, it still plays effect on my life right yeah. now, which is very annoying. Headaches are a very common thing. Okay. So, like, every time I'm like, God, oh, fuck, I got a headache. And I have like I get those all the fucking time. I'm like, you don't say, dude. And obviously, I'm not like, oh, I was blown up in Afghanistan. That's why I have my headaches. I'm just like, yeah, dude, it sucks. I have headaches a lot more than usual, sometimes three, four times a day. Mm-hmm. And it's disabilitating headaches. So it's like... Back in my old department, when I used to get headaches, it was like, dude, go home. Yeah. Because I, I was not mobile. Right. I, I can't do anything. Yeah. So I'm like, that's, and essentially, like, if I get that headache that's that bad, I can't effectively do my job and protect my friends and the innocent people that I've sworn to protect and rose my right hand to, mm-hmm. you know? So it's yeah. like, I got to go home. So yeah. the VA was actually, I have one of the few stories where the VA actually, like, they, they've been doing good for me. The VA's yeah. been taking care of me, so I'm very happy with that. Uh, like, I can actually say the same. Okay, you can. Yeah. So that's good. That's I don't hear that very often from people. I live Every in different wi- story. I live
0: in Wyoming, so it's a it's not. I, I can't even compare it. It's just the a number of uh, staff members yeah. to the number of patients. Is the ratio is so much better than anywhere else in the country. Right. So it's kind of a, a unique situation. Um, I, I kind of want to get to some other things. I, I wish we could talk about more of that. I really do. Oh, you're good. Um, Sorry. Yeah, you're good. Like, I, I just want to get.